podcasting the final audio frontier. These are the legends of Brown Squadron. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. Here, sir, you, you better take a look at it. The ongoing mission to explore the Star Wars universe and other nerd culture topics, to seek new content and new cantinas, bars, and lounges, to boldly annoy Scruffy by making too many bad jokes. Welcome to the Hyperspace Heroes Podcast. Scruffy just recently learned that Duran Duran got their name from Barbara. Oh, yes. I had oh, no see, idea. I, I'm today year, years old when I learned that. I didn't know that either. Yep. There's, uh, yeah. Yep, there, I was clueless. Mm-hmm. I thought they so, were named after the boxer Roberto Duran. Nope. I'm okay, kidding. I had no idea. Flash! Oh, I, uh-huh. I do have some Flash Gordon uh, trivia today, too. So. Oh, nice. well. Spit that out. Spit it out. What is I'll it? spit it out when the time comes. Oh, the time is here. Nah. Flash. Uh-huh. Savior of the universe. Savior of the universe. Flash. Alright, alright, focus. Hit record. We already did. Oh, you suck. Oh, Who needs suck. no intro? We've we've got Scruffy singing Queen. Speaking oh, of which, you suck. Welcome back, Scruffy. It was uh, we missed you last week. <laughs> I would love to say it's good to be back, but you punked me. <laughs> totally punked me. Totally did. I'm well, sure with that, that's going into the live episode. Oh, you know me. I love to plug that stuff in. <laughs> you suck. Mm-hmm. And with that, let's get into the show. Welcome to Hyperspace Heroes. This is Brown Leader signing in. Who else do we have tonight? Uh, Brown 2, apparently. In all of his glory. Uh, Brown 4 trying to keep Brown 2 in line. All right. Well, once again, uh, because uh, seating was more than available, we are once again broadcasting from Bo's Draft House on Calavella, where there's always a seat available all the time. So, we got a lot to talk about uh, tonight. We're going to have to uh, recap the first Mando episode just a little bit, just to get Scruffy's take on it. We've got two Bad Batch episodes to uh, get through tonight, and uh, the newest Mando episode, uh, and then all of our other segments that we usually typically do. But before we get into those, I wanted to give a quick shout out to all of our new followers on TikTok. We had a we had an increase of about twenty percent last night. Uh, so just wanted to welcome all of the new <laughs> new TikTok followers. Oh, man, um, I'm never going to hear the end of it at work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, I also wanted to give a shout-out to um, Shanti from Scarif Scuttlebutt. And she posted on Twitter today that she is tired of sitting around, and she's gonna, she picked up a gym membership, and she's going to start busting butt again. And uh, so hey, you know, me too. we did that, uh, you know, we did the jo- Jabba to Jedi episode and 
Uh, I'm a, you know me, guys. I, I love going to the gym. One of my happy places is the <laughs> pumping weights at the gym, listening to Star Wars spot podcasts. Uh, but no, I, I, you know what? I encourage people, uh, you know, anytime they want to go to the gym, I'm a big proponent of that. So, kudos to Shanti. Best of luck and. Good luck, what? Shanti. Uh, my first question to you, though, is every time I say, well, let me know when you're going to be there, you don't ever send me a text till 10 minutes after you've been there. You got to read my mind. No. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did hit the gym today. Worked legs. I worked them so hard that I could crack a Beskar helmet with these thunder thighs of mine. <laughs> oh, my God, really? <laughs> I am leaving that alone. <laughs> I would just wish you'd take it a drink of Mountain Dew or something when I said that. <laughs> no, I, I, I learned to be very careful on when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. All right. Uh, let's get into Bad Batch first, guys. We've got two episodes to cover tonight. We've got Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 11, Metamorphosis. Yes. So... Um, that was, uh, started, definitely started off with a very alien vibe, I would say. Yes, it did. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what happened during that episode? Well, uh, the opening scene, the ship is smolder. A ship is smoldering as it's kind of flying out of control, just kind of drifting. And we go to the inside shot and you have one trooper who's running for his life while being tracked and killed by something we could not see had a very eerie, uh, alien kind of feel to it. And then the next uh, scene comes up, and we see a ship similar to the one that was crashing, landing on Tantus, where Dr. Hemlock gets out and starts giving orders about the cargo, the cargo uh, to Emery, or otherwise, other, otherwise known as Red Shades. <laughs> what I started Red calling Shades. her, because, uh, yeah. Um... He goes down, sees Mistress Say in her cell, trying to get her to be involved in the experiments, which, of course, she's reluctant to. Um, so he walks away. Uh, then we see Raz, uh, or a.k.a. Sid, uh, <laughs> is back on a hologram, demanding uh, the, from the crew to go recover cargo from a down ship course they're reluctant and omega of course has to chirp in and say you know yeah you know you abandon us on that planet and of course Roz is or sid is um giving giving a little lip about it and telling him you know what's your problem you got your ship back uh tries to entice the crew with 30 percent, which is their normal fee then goes to 35 then to 40 and then to 50 percent. and the crew reluctantly does well not reluctantly they Pretty much, she pretty much didn't give him a choice and signs off. Of course, Omega's famous last words, how hard can it be? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, so they find the ship. Of course, they get just the coordinates on where the ship is, so they don't know what the ship is. They don't know what uh, the cargo, who it belongs to. There's no intel, just the fact of where they know where it's at. They find, they get break into the ship and find that the cargo is what attacked the crew and packed and killed the crew. Omega discovers that the medical equipment is Kaminoan, and it's different than anything that she's ever seen. Tech is on the bridge, uh, trying to get the power back to the rest of the ship, finds the danger droid, 
lets them know that there's something bad happening, but no intel on what it is. Uh, Hunter and Rekka and Omega are walking around the ship trying to find the cargo, find the beast, um, which we later find out is a Zillow beast, which is the same thing that was attacking Coruscant uh, in an episode of Clone Wars. That very large, tall, floppy arm thing. Mm-hmm. I love that thing. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, first, it kind of to uh, seeing it come out of the shadow kind of reminded me of Alien the first times that round bulbous style head come out. Kind of reminded me of Alien. <laughs> yeah, just like that. As uh, Brown later flops his arms around in his sweatshirt. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, kind of reminded me of Alien. That's kind of where I thought it was going at first, but then it, then it runs off, runs away on all fours, and I can tell it was something different than that. Uh, it wasn't until I got much bigger that I, bigger that I recognized it as Zillow Beast and the same creature that was attacking Coruscant during Clone Wars. Uh, head, creature gets out of the gets out of the ship, heads off to the village. Uh, the boys are coming to the rescue because they figure, well, we let it out, we should try to contain it. Didn't want it to attack the city full of innocent people. Empire arrives just as the beast is loosed in the city. Empire blasts it with something and then takes it away. And the boys are recovering Omega. The boys recover Omega and Tech and get out of Dodge. Empire detains the uh, citizens of the city there. And we find out later that they're holding them. Don't really say what they're doing with them. Uh, we see the ship arrive back to Tantus. Tantus? Yes. Uh, Dr. Hemlock as the Prime Minister. Um, because uh, one of his questions to Emery was, you know, did anybody else, any other Kaminoans, get away from Topoka City? And she indicates that the Prime Minister did, but was taken to a Empire holding cell. So the Zillow Beast gets taken away. Uh, Hemlock is talking to the Prime Minister and tries to talk him into getting Say into working with them. Uh, and then the minister tells him something very interesting that kind of caught my attention. This is why I can see this is beginning to come full circle and really get the importance of Omega going. Uh, he indicates that um, trying to find the younger clone and that um, that female, that young female is key to getting Nalise's cooperation. And that was the end of that episode. So there it is summed up in four minutes nice <clears throat> so a couple things on that um i know a couple notes i know this was the first time they officially said tantus i believe right i think it is i yeah. believe it is yes so it is now officially mount tantus cloning technology uh and just reeks of air to the empire Set now they just uh, now they just need some crazed seventies uh, looking Jedi with uh, gold medallions and a bathrobe open down to the almost to the navel and wild hair going on and we got heir to the Empire. I have auditioned for that part, by the way. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Um, well, you know some wow. of the some of the original artwork for Sabath. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So on. the uh and Hemlock. Hemlock's interesting. So obviously 
he must be the new heavy replacing Rampart since Rampart was sacrificed to the cause of the Empire in the previous episodes. Um, be interesting to see, you know, he obviously he has a lot of power because the former uh, Kaminoan, I can't even say it right, Kaminoan uh, prime minister was being held in prison on Coruscant, I think they said. And he was like, yeah, but I want him here. And he's got enough pool to get the imprisoned Kaminoan prime minister shipped to Tantus just for, for because he wants him. So obviously this guy also, did you notice? Yeah, I think he has an artificial hand. I did notice that. Yeah, oh, he's holding. I didn't catch that. Yeah, well, he's got. One of his hands got a black glove on it, Pierce, he, or some sort of, something like that, yeah. Yep, yep. He's got the Michael Jackson glove on one hand. <laughs> and I'm sure I call it the Luke Skywalker glove. Luke... <laughs> um, and yeah, the or return. Anakin. Or Anakin uh, Skywalker glove. Re Skywalker return, glove. Return of the Zillow Beast. Loved it. So, yeah. You know, and it kind of goes back to um, what makes Star Wars popular, or what, what often is popular in Star Wars is uh, a touch of the familiar and introduction of the new, right? So you got the Zillow Beast tying back to um, the Clone Wars, so you got that nostalgic feeling. And uh, what was the other thing? Um with uh, but yeah and then moving forward with this whole cloning storyline that you know I thought something interesting uh plot thread that would definitely they're going to probably explore at some point is Nala say when she's talking to Hemlock and she's like she knows Palpatine's true purpose for Tantus just something to that effect and the way she delivers the line definitely indicates something more connection yeah, to the sequel something. trilogy yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you know they're, I think yeah, between this and the Mandoverse, they're setting up that long, like you've been saying all along, DB. They're just kind of setting up that slow breadcrumb trail to fill in yep. everything to get to the sequels. I guess Hemlock had a very uh, calm demeanor. Uh, reminded me of um, Thrawn a little bit. A little bit. Thrawn never got worked up. He was always very even keeled, very mellow, and that's what Hemlock seemed like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did you guys like the episode? Loved it. I liked it more than Mando. What? What? Yes, I actually, yes, I did. Did you like it better than Picard? <laughs> oh, that's right. No frame of reference. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, uh, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you satisfaction. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed the episode, but We've already made the alien reference, and then as as the Zillow Beast grew, I'm like, man, this is kind of a Godzilla King Kong combo taking over the village. It was, mm -hmm. I mean, just some of the shots reminded me of that. Swatting, swatting at the, uh, the yeah. Marauder as it flew by. Yes, yeah. I'm sure so, they were influenced. <laughs> well, I saw there was you know the the ray that they use. Uh, there were the certain you know those rays to pacify the beast or whatever it does to neutralize the beast. The shape of those emitters is similar to something that they did in the old Japanese Godzilla movies. I saw some side-by-side -side pictures online and I thought that was pretty pretty cool reference um, back to some of the older 
uh, Godzilla movies. Which was... I did not see that. Yeah, yeah I didn't cool. catch yeah. that either. I'll have to dig that up and see if I can forward that over to you guys. I saw it in passing on somewhere. I don't recall where. But definitely yeah, a cool like, shout out. I liked it. Uh, I liked it because it's it like like uh, like you guys said. It's starting to bridge that gap. It's starting to fill in those other story threads, those other story pieces that we otherwise wouldn't have gotten to see, or you know, find out whatever happened. Giving me giving us some more backstory to some of the other things, and I think that's what got my attention. Is it kind of? Yeah, you know they've been they've been dropping all these teasers like it's uh, like it's a Marvel movie end credit scene, and now they're they're starting to connect the dots. So and, between and so, this episode and and the next one, I just can't believe you liked it better than the Lake Placid Space Alligator. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> um. The only thing I was real disappointed about with this episode was that uh, uh, Omega didn't make a friend. Oh, so. my word. You're right. Mm -hmm. She did not. Mm -hmm. That would be two that, episodes that in a row. She should have befriended the Zillow Beast or something. I don't know. Yeah. That, that would have worked. <laughs> well, you know, maybe when he was in a younger state, but, you know, once he's full on dragon. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Her response such an inexperienced young kid's response when she was like it ate the crew <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah could, okay that did get a reaction out of me I, I could feel her fear it was just like oh my god it's like you know yep you're stepping into a bigger world now kid I can't remember who it was tech or something is that response helping <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mob telling the dad, okay, knock it off. You're scaring the kid. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, all right. So, Metamorphosis. Yeah, good episode. Um, I think they definitely implied that the village, uh, the villagers were not being relocated. I think my guess is they were being retired. Um, <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Implied yeah, the a certain level of they're going to be disappearing. That's yeah. a pleasant, light way of putting it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, good action, good suspense. Uh, you know, the music played the episode really well uh, to, kind of, to kind of continue that vibe. And yeah, just, and it was it, just all around better than Mando. Mm -hmm. uh, them's fighting words. Um, I'm trying to get a rise out of you, but it's not working. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Nope. No. No. I'm sorry. No, Omega's Omega's okay, but she's no Baby Yoda. So, oh, without a doubt. Uh, and there was no, an, I, I will I will make that correction. No, Omega will never be Baby Yoda. And and no dad jokes? Come on. Come on. I can live without dad jokes. <laughs> You're a dad, of course. You appreciate those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but uh, man, just I love hearing, we talked about it last week, but hearing that the engine, that hot rod engine on the N1 oh, Starfighter. Yes. Anyway, his, we'll get... his midlife crisis. Uh, midlife crisis, yeah. yep. Um, okay, so Metamorphosis, uh, episode 11 of season two of Bad Batch. Uh, moving on to episode 12, uh, The Outpost. Uh, uh, back to a Crosshair episode. Crosshair is back, baby. I was super excited to see that, and that was immediately why I loved it more than Mando. Uh, I'm ex I love Crosshair's character. Uh, very dark, uh, very... Uh, 
crosshair's a tool. But anyway, keep going. Really? You just call the man a tool? Yeah. A tool of the empire. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> okay, uh, Crosshair is back. Um, right from the get-go, he's uh, he's getting ready for his next mission. Uh, he's witnessing clones being retired early. I can't remember what the dialogue was, but basically they said, basically, uh, one of the commanders was dismissing the clones, telling him you're being retired. Mm -hmm. uh, a new character, Lieutenant Nolan, uh, speaking of Duel, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first person I thought of when uh, when I saw when I heard I heard the conversation between him and Crosshair was the uh, lieutenant on Aliens. Remember him? Where uh -huh. how, many mission, how many drops have you done? Gorman. Mm -hmm. Gorman. Yes, Gorman. Yep. How many drops have you done? Like fifty-three. Mm -hmm. How many actual combat drops, including this one? Two. <laughs> and did you see him on the shuttle when you, you see him on the shuttle the way he yeah. looked when he was holding the yep the brace the shoulder restraints? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Crosshair is basically falling asleep more mm -hmm. or less. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they are. We find out they're heading to Barton Four because that's where certain amount of cargo has been stored and has been being raided lately uh we already can see the dis uh, the dislike for clones and nolan uh as uh clones are being boarding the ship uh, nolan makes a comment of how he doesn't like used equipment as is referring to the other clones on the mission of course that's got to get a rise out of uh, crosshair a little bit um Clones are expected to. Uh, clone, we, they get to Barton Four and they land and get in there. And Nolan does his thing and questions the clones that are on Barton Four on why, you know, what's going on and why things are happening the way they are. And you know, of course, the clone, which we find out is there, which we later find out is Mayday, uh, makes a comment on how he expected to re he requested reinforcements and expected those reinforcements 36 rotations ago. So basically, all that's left is Hex, Veach, and Mayday. Are all that's left of the original crew that was left there to guard <laughs> that equipment. Uh, cargo's been there for over a year. Um, they uh, they make a stat that establishment uh, early on when they say the equipment is degrading, and that's how people have been or how raiders have been getting into the, into the camp beyond their perimeter. So we get the raiders breaking in. Uh, chase them to a cave sub, or I should say, Mayday and Crosshair go after them. Well, Crosshair goes after them, Mayday follows to catch up to them, and they chase them into some kind of a cave system. Um, because they're trying to recover the two stolen crates, um, but Nolan is basically demanding they go recover. Uh, let's see, uh, going into the cave system, no, or Hunter, or Crosshair, I'm sorry, Crosshair finds a pressure mine, steps on it, realizes he just stepped on a pressure mine. Mayday is able to secure the mine by improvising a way to put, keep the pressure on the mine after Crosshair lifts his foot. Uh, what I love it is Mayday said, well, hold on, wait, before you lift your foot, I'm going to wait around the corner. Crosshair says, well, I'm glad you're confident <laughs> in your work, which Mayday replies, oh, I'm confident, just not stupid. <laughs> did love, I did like that line. You know, that, that's an incidental scene to you realize how much character development, there you go, Brown Leader, goes on <laughs> in, in that you. scene. Yes. You see two, <laughs> two old school clones mm -hmm. working together flawlessly 
you know, and you're supposed to hate Crosshair, but here you are rooting for him not to get blown to pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot going on in that scene. Sorry, Scruff, go ahead. Yeah, no, I I was waiting to see if he was gonna, Brown Leader was going to say something about that. There's your <laughs> character development. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, hold on. Ah, so uh, they they're going through. They find the they find the area or the the hideout, I guess, if you will, that uh, the raiders are at. Crosshair was able to get a reading on how many people are there based on his infrared scope. Uh, as they're as they're conversing, Mayday had a line that was very reminiscent of Crosshair. They're talking about uh, you know the clones and the retirement of the clones and Mayday's depression over you know or sadness over it or some sort. Uh, and he states, "We were we were good soldiers. We followed orders, and for what?" Mm-hmm. And the first thing it reminded me was Crosshair. Good soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought that was uh, kind of interesting piece to put in there uh mayday and crosshair raid raid the area find the cargo uh but uh in raiding they you know they attack they take care of the raiders uh get the cargo but then the avalanche happens um mayday once again comes to the rescue pushes crosshair out of the way but ends up really getting injured himself badly uh one of the comments that uh, Crosshair made earlier in the episode was, uh, you know, why drag around dead weight? Or I can't remember how, how exactly how it was phrased. Yep. But yet, um, and, you know, Mayday said, well, please don't remind me not to die on your watch. But yet Crosshair leaves everything behind, carries Mayday back to the camp. Uh, they get back to the camp where he's asking Nolan to help Mayday. Mayday is very injured, uh, but yet Nolan says he's not wasting the Empire's resources on saving him. Which, of course, Crosshair gets angry and does what Crosshair does and shoots Nolan. Well, we all yes. wanted to happen from the first minute of and the show. I guess <laughs> I cannot say how epically happy I was to see that. Yep. Oh, so Crosshair finally goes down. He's exhausted, of course. Uh, he goes down, and then he passes out, and he wakes up later in a medical facility where Emery, or Red Goggles, is looking over him. As- so we're assuming he's on Tannis. And that's that's kind of where the episode leaves off at. But there's so much that's going on there, so much that... <clears throat> Crosshair is really learning that the Empire is moving away from the clones and has no use for them anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so much going on in this basically two-person episode. And, and I kinda... that is that is why I love this episode more than Mando as well. And don't get me wrong, I love Mando, but it's really beginning to show Crosshair's I what I think is going to be his inevitable departure from the Empire. Whether he goes good guy with the bad batch, or kind of goes not necessarily the good guy or bad guy, just exists off in his own little, does his own thing off to the side. I think this is his inevitable departure from the Empire. This, yeah, definitely the start of it. Um, yeah, a couple things. So the cargo I figured was going to be something trivial and useless. Um, yes, it turned you out know, to be. 
but shiny new even, toys for the empire. Well, well, a bigger insult and more fulfilling to the storyline being that it was stormtrooper armor, the the very armor that's being used to replace them, and so uh, yeah, definitely a uh, a big slap in the face and a further development to Crosshairs. Uh, emotional turmoil he's going through um the uh episode you know mayday kind of had that little bit of that lawrence of arabia feel um with the way the bandages uh you know almost kind of turbid what i've never seen it oh okay well and of course i would expect you to make that uh, reference well i got i got a nerd point coming so just hang in there Oh, um, yes, nerd point. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I really liked, you know, it was a good episode, yes, for character development. And, and it's showing just how little storytelling you have to do. You know, we've had two episodes with Cross here, but we can feel and, and, and get a sense of his uh, emotional journey just through those two episodes, you know, and the way they've been laid out. And so, yeah, I think definitely out of the season so far, these are two of my favorite, you know, these are definitely, these two Crosshair episodes are some of the best episodes we've had. Well, they're definitely yeah, transforming him from from a tool of the Empire killing machine to a human. You mm -hmm. know, they're really moving him in that direction. And if right. Mando would have started about, oh, maybe three, four weeks ago, then yeah, Mando would be definitely be my favorite over bad batch but these two episodes really made a turning point for the season i think yeah. and not to mention how do you not love the getting the band back together <laughs> mando was trying to get ig back mm -hmm. uh bad batch is crosshair coming back to the band maybe i don't know i'm excited about the band baby having a band back together unless hemlock's gonna twist them a little bit and use them for his own purposes and that's always a possibility, but I, and I'm fine with that too. I just you know, like seeing the progression of his character. Right. I, I could see some sort of darker storyline where because Hemlock's over the whole cloning thing, Crosshair's a clone, he convinces Crosshair that he should work for him, you know, maybe private, uh, private covert assassin kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, to protect, and I can see that too. To protect the cloning program, you know. Uh, which gave birth to all of them. So, <clears throat> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, some of the production people online were saying before this episode came out that it all start, or they said it's really just going to cut loose from here, from this episode on out. So I'm definitely excited to see what happens in the final three episodes. Oh, and you sent uh, a, a meme earlier about uh, somebody's referencing Emery sounding like Omega? Oh, yeah. So somebody on... Uh, uh, Nathan Messner, I think on, on Twitter and TikTok had some thread about how he, f he thinks Emery is the, uh, was the, uh, female DNA used for Omega. Um, now, I can kind of hear the similarity in the speech. Mega being Omega being younger, having a little more emotion, a little more mm -hmm varying in her speech and Emery having more of a monotone, serious vibe to it. But I can kind of hear a similarity, I guess. Yeah, like, and he was... He was... Right. The, the X chromosome had to come from somewhere. Exactly. 
Um, and so here's <clears throat> here's the nerd point. Speaking of Emery, so uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Emery Card is uh, Car. I'm sorry, is played by uh, Keisha Castle Hughes, and hmm. uh, Keisha Castle Hughes is a New Zealander. Uh, also, the actress that does the voice of Omega is a New Zealander. Um, but do you know? And I know. Do you, I can Ooh, see I know this recognition? One. I know this one. <laughs> Do you know what other role Keisha in live action Keisha Castle Hughes played? Nope. DB, you want to go ahead and say? Queen Jamila. Episode two. Close. It was actually, uh, oh, where's my, I have this all written down. Um, it was Queen Apollina, uh, Apollana in episode three. Oh, I was so close. Yeah. So she played Queen Apollana in Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. Okay. Darn it. I thought I had this one locked. <laughs> I'll give you both nerd points for that one. Well, hey, mm -hmm. here, here's nerd points. The, the raiders on the snow planet. Mm -hmm. Did they sound suspiciously like any other raiders to you? Hmm. No. Talk to me. Go back and listen. There's a lot of noises and grunts that sound a lot like Tuscan Raiders. Hmm. Oh, and and I, I, I think that's a subliminal message to us all that these are kind of the same groups of people. Again, the bandages, they were all wrapped up and they were stealing pieces of clone armor to wear. I caught that ref, uh, line during the, the episode. Hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. Oh, I missed that. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that for sure. That's a good catch, DB. Um, yeah, I too like the confident, not stupid line. I thought that was great. Um, I think the biggest uh, loss we had in this episode, though, the biggest tragedy and the biggest loss was the loss of Crosshair's helmet. Right. His, his uh, Death Trooper helmet. And he had those yeah. badass green eyes, man. Yeah. Uh, losing Mayday was kind of a crushing moment for me. But yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think the big tragedy is Crosshair's helmet. Yep. Our, uh, no, that Crosshair, that helmet defined him. Mm hmm. Well, but here's the symbolism behind it it was his new helmet that he got when he started working for the Empire. Well, and that was my other thing is uh, we yeah. know that aboard the Marauder is some of his old equipment. Right. Maybe his old helmet will be there. Mm-hmm. And that would be pretty cool. I just like the Death Trooper helmet style. You know, it was an early, it looks like an early version of the Death Troopers. Yes. And, and you know, we theorized back in season one that maybe he was going to kind of become the, 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 the spark of the new Death Trooper unit kind of thing just based on the styling of his helmet as it was progressing through season one. But we'll see. Who knows? As, I think still be. You know, as long as we're talking about helmets, the, the troopers that came in as the reinforcements. Yep. Do you notice their Macquarie stormtroopers? Yes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I did notice that. Mm -hmm. Gen, we'll, we'll call them Gen 1 helmets. Gen 1 stormtrooper helmets. There you go. Kind I just like thought the... that was interesting. I like that style. It's, yes. It's so seventies. It's awesome. Yeah, and and that we we've seen them. We saw them in the 
last Crosshair episode too, when they oh. uh, when they came to take over the planet after the clones did all the dirty work, all the heavy lifting. So, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I agree. Good episode, not as good as Mando, uh, for sure. But yeah, it was uh, uh, a good episode. Better than Mando for sure. No, 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 no. Mm-mm, yep, mm-mm. yep, yep. Okay. All right, well, let's talk Mando and defend your answer. It's okay for you to have that opinion, Scruffy. It's it's okay. (laughs) But as long as we all recognize that my opinion is correct. No, if your opinion is correct for you, and that's fine. It's okay. Um, Don't patronize me. (laughs) (laughs) We don't think less of you just because you don't understand. Oh, 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 there you go. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Thank you, I DB. I was that's, for one of you to say it finally. That, that's what I was going for. I just couldn't come up with the words. Brown Leader uh, was trying to be, you know, correct <laughs> about his verbiage. I, I'm going to say it. No, I, I was trying to do the verbal pat on the head. It's okay, little boy. <laughs> it's okay, little boy. <laughs> all right. Well, let's defend your answer. So, all right. All let's, right. Ju- let's jump over to Mando then. That's fine. Um, so, we talked about Chapter 17, The Apostate, last week. Uh, basically kind of summarized it up as Mando getting the band back together. Uh, Epic episode. I will agree with that. Want to get not your... as good as Bad Batch. We, we talked about it, so we just what do you want to get your thoughts on the episode. We kind of did a recap last week, but... Uh, I liked the episode. Don't get me wrong. I really did. Uh, it was cool to see them trying to get IG back to functioning again. Uh, it was interesting to see his... Uh, he did not return to his state he, was, he died in. But reverted back to the assassin droid that he was. You mean the Terminator? The Terminator, yeah. The Terminator, <laughs> yes. The Terminator crawl across the floor. Yeah, that, that was, was an great. epic tribute, man. That was awesome. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome. Uh, it was awesome to see the uh, oh, what were the little guys? Um, um, Anzelli. Anzelli, yes, the little Anzelli guys trying to get uh, working on putting them back together. Maybe mm-hmm. Yoda pets. Bad baby. baby, baby, baby Yoda pests. That was an awesome scene where Baby Yoda walks up and starts hugging him. No touch, I, no touch. I showed that to my kid, and she about cracked up. Mm-hmm. She's a big Baby Yoda fan, and mm-hmm. the fact that Baby Yoda was trying to get his own pet thrilled her. <laughs> hey, I thought it was appropriate. Uh, yeah, I, I did love it. I, I knew that. Um, I had a feeling that they were not going to be able to find the. The member, the chip needed to get uh, IG back to his old self. Well, yeah. his, his, the, 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 uh, what, uh, what did they call him in the original series? The, uh, not the babysitter, the nanny, the nanny, the nanny, it, yeah. In his nanny mode. Yep. But uh, I was, I was, I was just shocked and laughed when I found out that you were right. Uh, R five becomes the replacement for. Yep, the for IG, IG that they could not because uh, they couldn't get him back. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. It, but uh, on on the apostate episode, so you had, I'm sorry, but you had you had space alligators. You had, yeah, um, yeah, that was uh, okay. All I yeah, as soon as I saw that, all I could see is purple rain in my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you had, in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. You, you had you had Mando flying in. You had alligator space alligator glut, guts flying all over the place. You had Mando's in action. You had oh, did you know? Yeah, yeah. we talked it, about it this was, last it was, week. It, it was literally a giant alligator. I know. Really, we it's, couldn't we couldn't do something slightly different. But you know, you know that scene needed, alligator. Betty, needed Betty White. True enough. 
If you haven't seen Lake Placid, get out there and watch oh, it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, Leader, yes. have you never seen Lake that Placid? Been... Because I, don't... I, I may mm -hmm. have to assign this one. Okay. So it's a stretch to call it sci-fi, but yeah, man. I, no, I, I have not you seen know, Lake Placid. I, I think it's a requirement of everybody. Really, uh, it's cheesy. It's, it's, it's cheesy as hell. But I, I you know, the one thing I was disappointed was being that Carl Weathers is in this show. They should have had it at, at least bite somebody's hand off. You know. So. Oh, yeah. oh yes. man! Oh, I did not make that link, that connection. There. <laughs> awesome. But uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just an Uber Uber Mando stan, and it just you know seeing him back on the big screen. I love the the amount driving of his midlife crisis bet. Yes, and uh, you know the amount of the uh, humor, levity. I mean, it was well balanced in in terms of its seriousness, its drama. Um, what do you think about the space pirates, Scruff? Oh my word! Uh, I was fine with everything until we see the captain, Captain Seaweed. Captain Seaweed. Yep. Oh man! Uh, the... Speaking of, uh, maybe we could have spent a little more time on a specific character. Yeah, we have space alligators and seaweed, Captain Seaweed. What? What's he? De tell me, he's not a pirate. I mean, he does not look like a pirate. Come on. Are he talks like a pirate? He looks like a pirate. <laughs> this is Captain Seaweed. So you know who the person under the makeup was? Was Casey Jones, who did Black Chrysanthemum. Um, and then the Vane, you know, his main henchman that was down on the plant on Navarro and then in the Starfighter. Yeah. Um, he was played by uh, Marty Matulis. And uh, Marty Matulis has got quite the background. He's got, uh, you know, a good sized D IMDb page. But he uh, also uh, had a role in another show uh, in, uh, that happened to be Picard as a. Uh... <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> 41 minutes. It took you 41 minutes to <laughs> reference, to link Picard to Star Wars. As, Good job, uh, man. Yep, I mean, you're behind schedule, though. And, and he played an XB in that, so um, which I know you're not going to know what yeah, that is. So You're about 20 minutes behind schedule. I'm a little yeah, I could have I could have linked that a lot faster, Brown Leader. I was I was just letting it simmer, you know, just kind of letting it, you know. It's only simmering for you two, because uh, <laughs> I would not have known that. Never would have known that. But okay, we can't not talk about uh, Mando without referencing the cape carriers. Right, <laughs> right. What the heck is up with that? Tell me if you win the lottery, you're not going to have cape carriers. Right. Oh, oh, so this is one of those. Uh, I won the lotto, but you're not going. You're not going to know I won the lotto, but there will be hints. There will be yes. hints. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to come to work with. Got a big cape on. There's going to be two little droids following me, holding my cape up off the and ground. You, yes. You're going to walk around going, you call me high scruffy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How'd you... yeah, what what, what, uh, what was he always saying? Uh, what was his title? And he kept correcting him to say it. Magistrate it's, and high magistrate. High magistrate, high magistrate. Yes. Yep. yes. Scruff, what did you think about the uh, what they how they handled the Cara Dune situation? Uh <clears throat> very diplomatic, I guess, for lack of a better way of phrasing mm -hmm. it. Um, they didn't kill her off. Uh, they didn't try to find another replacement for her that looks similar to her. Uh, she's off doing her own thing. So if later on uh, she comes back, great. 
if not, you know, we've, we, they've explained her disappearance as is believable and not necessarily while well, she died. Yeah. Or just to never bring her up again. Wouldn't I like it, they kind of put a, awesome. put, a, put a cap on it. Wouldn't it be awesome to have the Rangers or whatever group she's part of now show up in the finale yeah. to assist Mando and mm-hmm. kind of bury the hatchet on the whole thing with Disney? Oh, uh, that would be awesome, but I don't see that ever happening. Um, yeah, I, don't I think that uh, separation between... Um, uh, what, what was her name? Oh, Cara Dune? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that separation is pretty, uh, pretty, yeah. pretty etched in stone. That's too yeah. bad. I agree. I agree. Um, Gina Carano. Gina Carano, yes. I think Gina Carano and Disney are pretty well... Yeah, unfortunately. Gone their separate ways, unfortunately. But I liked it. I mean, it was a good episode. I thought the uh, Captain Seaweed and the Cape Carrier was a little much. <laughs> I think I would have spent a little time on Space the space Alligator, but uh, hey, um, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Loved it. So Not I, as good as Bad Batch. I'll, I'll agree with what you said in the fact that if it had come out a different week, I think just because... Just because it is Mando, just because it is their flagship show, so to speak. You know, this is the show that launched Disney Plus um, in terms of subscriptions, and it's got probably it's got a much larger fan base because of Baby Yoda. Obviously, uh, you know, Bad Batch is going to be more uh, Star Wars focused fan fandom, uh, whereas the the you know the Mando data uh, database the fan base is a much larger general fan base, obviously. Um, and, and I, I think, um, and I think, and you know, for me, I, I remember telling DB, and I, I might have mentioned to you back then that I wish I'd watched the Bad Batch episode first because for me, Mando just kind of sucked all the air out. The first ten minutes of Metamorphosis, I'm sitting there, and I'm just thinking about uh, Mando, you know, because we just got Mando back after two years, you know. Yeah, see, uh, metamor- Metamorphosis started, and I was sucked in right away. Yeah, I, but to your point. Bad Batch feels more like Star Wars. Mando feels more like an epic Star Wars-based sci-fi TV show. Mm. To me, there. To me, to me, it feels like you know there's that difference to it. I love both. I, I'm kind of op- I'm kind of opposite actually. I, I think uh, for me, Star Wars or Bad Batch feels more like the the Star Wars TV universe, and Mando just brings back the feeling of the the OT for me in terms of uh, giving me kind of that larger screen feeling um, just because of its its cheesiness, its campiness, its slightly wooden dialogue at times, and, you know. Uh, but at least we're not walking and talking and walking and talking. Yes, the, the <laughs> pacing of that episode, uh, would you agree the pacing of that episode was just, it was 35 minutes, but it felt a lot longer because they packed oh, yeah. so much. The, the storytelling was it so it tight. It was compact. smooth. Yes. Everything just flowed so well. Kind of like the movie, kind of like the OT movies, right? Just kind of, you know, here's the swipe. Yeah, but not and as, not as awesome as uh, Bad Batch, though. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll agree, <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. So, uh, moving on to I expect a little more rowdiness out of you. Episode. Um, I'm still coming off that. Uh, you know, I got swole at the gym before the episode, so I'm just kind of oh, coming down Lord. off that. Oh, I got out Lord. all my uh, energy at the gym. Um, episode. Let's see. Oh, sorry. Chapter 18, Mines of Mandalore. A.K.A. Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So, um, first of all, I have got to say, prediction proven true. Uh, day before the episode aired, went on Twitter, posted up that uh, he was going to go see Pelly, uh, Moto, and uh, or we'll start calling her Toothless. Uh, oh, to... <laughs> that's freaking mean! Ouch! Somebody posted. Oh. Somebody posted online today. I thought it was really funny. They posted so. Uh, do you think the people that didn't see Book of Boba are going to be confused as to why Pelly's missing a tooth? You know, because of the whole big thing that people were creating this this big drama about the fact that people that didn't see Book of Boba weren't going to understand how Baby Yoda got back to Mando, you know, and that was a big, like, uh, dra drama online. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so I just thought that was a funny encapsulation of that whole feeling, you know, <laughs> with, with, that, with that joke, but um, he goes to see Pelly uh, for an IG chip, and she, of course, says that she doesn't have one, can't get one, and so she convinces him to take R5 in its place, and that was the prediction I threw out there the day before. So, once again, listeners, that's just more evidence to follow Hyperspace Heroes, because that improves our accuracy rating to 0.001% at this point. <laughs> so, uh, we are woo, woo, we're just nailing it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but can we talk for a minute about the scam she's running with the job? Yes. Yes, yes we that, can. That's good stuff. You know, you start to like a character, then you find out, man, she's a dirt ball. This is so cool. <laughs> that was epic. I didn't and, uh, see that coming. They're basically stealing tires and selling them back. Even <laughs> <laughs> threw in the line about make sure you paint it a different color so it looks different. <laughs> it was just. <laughs> It's boot to Eve. It's ripe. It's, it, there's going to be lots to steal out there. Oh, that was just great. You know, yeah. And and kudos to Favreau and Filoni. And, you know, Peli was annoying in the beginning when we first had her introduced back in season one. I, I was really wasn't that big of a fan of the character. I but, didn't mind her. Um, she is definitely growing on me. And, you know, seeing her, her arc. And I think they've used her much more effectively. Uh, through season uh, two, uh, Book of Boba, and then, yeah, here. So kudos to, uh, to that. But yeah, so Mando, she convinces, even cleans up um, R5, gives him an oil bath, convinces him to take him to go explore the mines because he needs a droid to test the atmospheric conditions. And I thought it was kind of odd because wouldn't you think that an astromech would be more suited for that than a assassin droid? Um, in in the first place, testing atmospheric conditions. But, well, I think uh, I, the benefit of IG was he was bipedal, yeah. So he could climb and go up and down versus yeah. And he did mention the spelunking and um, for that. So, but so he gets our five. Well, you guys aren't going to make a comment about I got my thesaurus out and used my big word of the day bipedal. <laughs> no, we're good. All right, um, wait. Thesaurus. You actually said thesaurus. <laughs> Finally, thank you. You know, but I, th I think what this tells us too is that the R5 units were not equipped with the uh, little rockets like R2D2 had. Well, Otherwise, he could have just shot down that. More like R2. Uh, you know, yeah. we didn't know R2 had rockets on his legs until we got the prequels. Mm -hmm. Damaged along the way and just never replaced. Yeah, something like that. Pelly's uh, not one to. Uh, 
Well, he probably couldn't recondition and restore so much as get it back to functioning to be usable. Well, she's a used car salesman. She just patched yeah. it up, used some duct tape and some glue, and patched the pieces oh. back together, made it look new, and sold it to Mando. There you go. Basically. So, so the, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and I thought it was funny that uh, not only did R5 have a bad motivator, but it took a lot to motivate him to go explore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so attitude-wise, he had a bad motivation as well uh, when they get to, to Mandalore. So. Um, and so they go to Mandalore. They start to explore. And uh, he sends them into this little cave-looking thing. And they... Oh, back... Oh, hold on one second. Back to the whole Peli thing. I really love the line when he's getting out of the ship and she's like, why are you here? Are the huts back? Are we talking about taking out Boba Fett? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, where did that come from? I thought that was just a great, I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It was a little, a little out of control there. Yeah. Um, so back on Mandalore. Um, oh, and as they're flying in, he's giving another dad lesson you know, about how to use the ship, which definitely, when they started doing that second lesson, I'm like, oh, this is going to go somewhere. This is definitely going to go somewhere. Um, he also, I think it was the first time they he talked about growing up on, Concor the fact that he grew yeah. up on Concordia. I mean, we I kind of so. assumed, we kind of could assume that being children of the watch, but, and that's where the, the watches, uh, Death Watch's headquarters were uh, in canon, but first time they kind of confirmed it in canon um but yeah i gave him the lesson about the maps flew through it talked about fusion bombs being used in um on one of, the interesting, one of the things i found interesting in that um you see um the fusion bombs uh being used and then you see that the the, the basic of the planet has turned into that green glass yes uh that glass is i found very interesting uh you can find glass similar to that in Liberian Libyan, Libyan desert just outside of Egypt. Oh. And some of the pharaoh's jewels were made from that greenish colored glass. Huh. Now, nobody knows for sure how that sand got turned into that glass because it obviously takes a very large, very much, right. high amount of heat to do that. Right. Well, it was the fusion uh, bombs from the ancient kind of, aliens. Exactly. That's a good possibility, too. They're assuming it was a meteorite because uh, a meteorite was used to create uh, one of Tutankhamun's daggers. Okay. There's your history lesson. There's my nerd point for the Wow. Day. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm transferring the nerd point over to you. Kudos that, that's to That's mega nerd points because mm -hmm. I, I thought I had it with ancient aliens, but man. Right. The mm -hmm. fact that you have actual working theories on this. Oh, those aren't working theories. Those are factual. How it got that way, who knows? Um, ancient so, aliens. Ancient aliens. Oh, so, that's right. The episodes. So R5 goes into the cave. They lose contact with them. There's also a lot of electromagnetic interference, so they chalk it up to that at first. Then he seals his suit, goes out looking for them. Um, I got to admit, you know, the amount of uh, effects on Baby Yoda just this season you know the looks the expressions the ears well, he's, the... he's growing up he's getting more animated he's becoming more but of I'm, an adult but i'm saying from the, the the technology side of the show the fact that they're you know later on in the show you see him moving across 
on his feet, climbing different levels of, of you know, objects. Um, and so, yeah, the special effects from the tech side, the production side of the show, they are really definitely, uh, definitely been a big improvement uh, with him, um, with that, the animatron puppet kind of thing. Um, so he goes into this cave. We get our first exposure to the, uh, we don't know what they're called at first, but they, we find out they're called Alamites. Um, or more commonly There's referred to as space, yep, space Morlocks. Yes. From, and they quickly, anybody look up the 1960s uh, Time Machine movie and look under Morlocks and you will definitely see some inspiration from that design, I believe. And so uh, he fights some of them. Uh, even gets the pistol knocked out, has to pull out the dark saber, and you see him again. He still has not He's gotten used struggling to handling with that Stru- thing. Yeah, majorly struggling. I honestly thought he was going to swing it and kind of fall off the cliff because he was struggling with it so much. Um, but he ends up saving the uh, R5, and they come back out from the cave. They do the air, air test, uh, proves to be okay. So. He uh, decides it's safe to take a child into a toxic wasteland and uh, throws. What, uh, else, what else would you do as a dad? Yeah, exactly. Who throws, hasn't done that? <laughs> throws baby Yoda in the pram, which now has a flashlight attached, which was I mean, very cool. You two are dads. Didn't you take the kids into uh, situations where they probably shouldn't have been because mom well, wasn't there? Whenever yeah. I can. <laughs> whenever I can. That's part of being a dad. Yeah. Um, what doesn't kill you and your mom doesn't know about is good for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> What doesn't kill you and your mom doesn't know about is good for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, but I'm wondering what other kind of gadgets we're going to find out if he has any other Mandalorian type gadgets in the uh, pram, in uh, Baby Yoda's pram, now that he, we know that he's got a light on it. But It's got um, a headlight. Yeah, it's got a yep. headlight. Yeah, it's awesome. So they get to see, you know, we get to see Mandalore in live action the underground cities that we've only seen in animation um, was pretty darn cool to see. Uh, they start going down into the city looking for the the mines and the water, the living waters of Lake Minnetonka. And, um, I started getting a little excited because you started seeing these lizards kind of everywhere. Space dragons. You know, the little space dragon looking things. And I'm thinking, hmm, hmm. Hmm, we're going to see a mythosaur or not. Um, and then as they're exploring, he's picking up, picks up an old dusty Mando helmet and uh, a trap is sprung and he gets into a fight with a bi- big giant uh, spider that's got a weird looking funky eye. And I love that. Uh, I don't whatever it was he sent me. Uh, I had um, Negan. From Walking uh, Dead. Yes. <laughs> that's creepy. Yeah. Uh, de- definitely very creepy. Did you feel like it was Star Wars, the design? You ever seen Wild oh, yeah. Wild West with... with <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. No. Giant no. mechanical spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it reminded me... It was kind of... Kind of reminded me of the uh, the, the, the monks. The Bomar monks. Yes, the Bomar monks. monks. But yeah. it was extra creepy that it had one human eye. Oh, very much so. But it oh, kind of yeah. gave me a little monk, that Bomar monk feel mm-hmm. to it. But far, 
Definitely. Darker, creepier, and just downright scarier. Yeah. Uh, that so, one eye had a kind of a general, general grievous kind of a look to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the giant spider thing takes um, Mando. It captures it and he injects Mando with some sort of serum to paralyze him, uh, like some spiders do. And he takes him to basically his lair. Baby Yoda's following. Uh, Baby Yoda tries to rescue him, but he can't. So then he tells him to get out of there and go get Bo-Katan. And we get the little mini Baby's Big Adventure episode. Yes. As that tra- Graham Hall's butt, man. It does. Um, and that then when... Stole, took Dad's car and went and got help. And uh, what really was very uh, exciting was to see uh, one of those dragons, little space dragon things. At that point, you see it's got wings. So now... I was like, ooh, now... Well, that's okay. what everything space dragon. Yeah, now uh, are those little baby mythosaurs, you know, is what I started thinking. And so uh, he jumps back in the ship, and which the story has conveniently set up that, uh, you know, the R5 is a co-pilot, and he had te- taught him where Calavella was, which is where Bogotan was. So he goes to get Bogotan, and I like the fact that um, she comes out to the landing platform ready to just kick him off but then once she finds out what's going on she doesn't hesitate you know uh, Mandalorian in trouble and so she's uh, kicks right into gear and, and gets off her little uh, pity party for a moment and decides to they jump in a vanguard and head back to Mandalore pity, guard, pity, pity party mm-hmm <laughs> And, well, let's uh, face it. She's been moping about this for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The somber uh, teenage girl. Uh, right. Attitude duty teenage girl, which uh, you two know nothing about, I'm sure. No, not a thing. Um, <laughs> actually, I, you know, I will say I got pretty lucky. Uh, I didn't have to deal with the typical teenage girl dramas as much as other people had to. Oh, my girls, hey, my girls I, are pretty good. I'm, I'm offering to let you have <laughs> the, the real-time experience as no. I go through it. If you'd like to borrow her for a while. No, I'm good. I'm, 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 she can come over here. I'll just give her Oliver, and that'll be the end of that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you've got the pacifying tool there. Yeah, just let her let her, let her, her carry Oliver around the house. and She'll do whatever. Four and, and a half, four and a half pound mini Chewbacca. And she can mm-hmm. carry him around the house, and she'll be fine. There you go. Um, so they start, they go back to Mandalore and start looking for Mando. There's a lot of exposition, which is really good. Um, she makes a line about, um, she had a really good line about the man, how the Mandalorians since the empire, uh, have spent a lot of time fighting each other, which in the end, instead of working together, which ended up making them weaker and easier to destroy. And I think that is probably going to be the theme would be my guess moving forward after the next episode. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, they rescue, they show Bo-Katan knows what to look for. She's definitely looking much more experienced. Uh, she looks for traps, uh, springs a couple of them, you know, with the space Morlocks, and they uh, find Mando. They rescue him. 
she goes totally BA with the dark saber and just tears that thing up. <laughs> yeah, she well, totally knows how to wield that thing, unlike Mando. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely tell she's had it before, so um, she does a great job with that. And then See, now is uh, my, my quick question for you. Does she teach Din how to use it, or does Din? Is there a reason why Din finally is able to relinquish it to her, where she re- regains her throne? I guess or something. Hey, she he tried to relinquish it to her in season two. Right, but I mean, is She's... there is there a point where she earns it back from Din? Din Djarin, or does she teach Din Djarin how to use it? Hmm. What's your thoughts there? That's a good question. Or do they bring Sabine in at some point? But um, yeah, uh, I don't always, know. That's always a good possibility too. So you know, that's just the two questions I have from this episode: the dark saber and what is a pog? <laughs> I don't so, know, but yeah, they make great soup. They do. Uh, we definitely want to know what pogs are. So, um, but yeah, she. Uh, uh, Bo-Katan wields that dark saber with expert skill. It's like a hot knife through water, and she ends up. Uh, we end up finding out that it's uh, uh, a bionicle inside that giant spider. <laughs> <laughs> bionicle. A bionicle. Yeah, and ends up taking taking it out altogether. But uh, yeah, then they have some more exposition. They're back up on the cliff overlooking the city. And we get introduced to Pog Soup and how every Mandalorian grew up on Pog Soup. Um, See, I will give the crew at Wikipedia a little credit. Uh, it's already been put into the system. Oh, have they? Tell us what, but it doesn't what, tell me what it is. Uh, Wikipedia says Pog Soup was a type of soup eaten by Mandalorians. After rescuing Din Djarin from a spider light being, Bo-Katan offered him Pog Soup. Right. Din Djarin had never eaten soup before, to which Bo-Katan was surprised. And she stated that Mandalorians were typically raised on pog soup since they were very young. So mm. we don't know what a pog is yet, but they did at least put that much in there. So, um, yeah. So they, uh, he starts getting his armor back on. She's like, "You need to rest." He's like, "No, I'm gonna. I'm here for a reason. I'm gonna go do my thing." And there's there's a look that she gives him. I think it might be during that scene, and then later on when they finally find the mines in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, and <laughs> there's kind of a look she gives him, like, like she's almost admiring his his level of faith, his level of commitment, and you know it might be kind of the spark of the rebellion that ignites in her, uh, maybe to kind of again get off of her mopey chair and maybe start to to get back into the swing of things which See, i'm sure we'll find that's out a very next dad episode. comment that's a very dad comment get <laughs> off your mopey chair um and so yeah so she leads them to the mines of mandalore they he, bathe in lake minnetonka yeah uh make yeah <laughs> lake minnetonka and he starts to step in the water uh, as he's reciting the creed and as he uh, I think it was about the third step all of a sudden he just drops right in and the Lake one of the big, big deeper than I thought uh, one of the debates online has been do you think he was pulled in 
or do you think that he just slipped and fell or just like stepped off a, a ledge and just fell I think he stepped off a ledge and just fell in but uh, in his weakened state because he's kind of been beat up a little bit in the last uh, couple hours I think he just didn't have the strength to recover yeah that's a, that's a really good point uh, Bo-Katan uh, jumps right in after him and we get to see uh, using the jetpack underwater, which was pretty cool. And she starts going down and down and down. And you realize just how, he, wow, he fell a long, long way. Lake Minnetonka's deep. Yes, it is. And so she finds him uh, and is pulling him back up. And what does her light come across as she's going back up? Mythosaur! Yes, looks like a full-grown one, too. Epicness. Epic, absolutely epic. So they get back up to the surface, and that's kind of Yeah, I have waited. Well, Empire was 83, so... Or no, Empire Empire was 1980, so we're 40, 43 years. Uh, I've been waiting 43 years to see what that skull was supposed to look like in real life kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they talk about the myth, sir, before he jumps in, because she reads that plaque in that area, and uh, you know that the skull of the mythosaur is what became their their logo, basically their um, standard, and uh, for the whole Mandalorian culture, we got a reference to Bo-Katan's dad, but we got no reference to another major player in Mandalorian life, which was Satine. It's like they almost, almost were going to talk about her. I just got this feeling like they were yeah, almost going to talk about her, but never did. And why do you think, you know, she talks about her dad. She talks about being a princess. She talks about being the ruler. Yet she just leaves no, no mention of her sister whatsoever. All they talk, she talks about how the Mandalorians and the Jedi used to get along very well. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, oh, so maybe Obi-Wan wasn't so pure and innocent, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, oh, and, I didn't think of that. Well, not only that, but, you know, uh, Chapter 7, uh, or uh, Season 7 of Clone Wars, where Ahsoka joins them. and, and uh, Yeah, no, there's other things. I was just tossing that yeah. out for value. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and what a value it was uh, uh, yeah no I did I did find it odd that Satine was not mentioned or it still has not been mentioned right so I'm wondering if that isn't some kind of a something that's going to flush out later or flush itself out later on in this season yeah do we even think they're going to or are they even going to mention Satine I mean now they're bringing in her dad I, I just don't you know Mr. And what's her what's her dad's name? Mr. Kreese? <laughs> Mr. Kreese, yes. <laughs> Mr. Kreese. Um, oh no, no. Uh what uh what did uh Hi, 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 Mr. Kreese. Hi, <laughs> Mr. Kreese. Because isn't that what uh uh earlier in the previous episode uh Carl Weathers character demanded to be called High so- Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, yeah. High magistrate. Uh, high magistrate, yep. yes. So, high king. Hmm. High king. High man. wonder, did we ever see the death of her father? It's the first reference I know of her father. 
Well, I she, think she, there's some comic book and some book reference, but I don't think it's a whole lot. You know, she mentioned that her father died defending Mandalore. Mm-hmm. But did yes. he? And who is Christopher Lloyd playing in this show? Oh, please don't. No. There's your, there's your tease. We'll no. see if it comes back. No, hmm. please, well, please, no. On our on our Duel of the Ranks bingo cards, they have them listed as a droid. Which I could see that. So. I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I, does IMDB have Christopher Lloyd listed yet? Oh, I don't know. But the dad's name was Adani. A-D-O-N-A-I. Adon- yes. Okay. Adani Kreese. So. Uh, Sounds like Apollo Creed. I know it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Maybe Carl Weathers is going to play two roles a in this. Dual role, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was killed during the Great Clan Wars while defending Mandalore, and was succeeded by his daughter, Satine. So, interesting. Um, speaking of fathers and children, back in uh, episode chapter. 17 at the very beginning where they are basically baptizing Ragnar, that kid. (laughs) The colors of his helmet were the same colors as Favreau's character, the the big heavy gunner, uh, Vizsla. Um, And there's a couple looks that he gives the kid. Like, people are kind of paying attention, but he's like really watching the kid and even makes sure to save him at one point. Do you think he's Vizsla's foundling? Possibly. I noticed it going back through. But anyway. So uh, where did we read Christopher Lloyd was in Mandalorian? It was in press releases. If you go to IMDB, Christopher Lloyd's actual page itself is not even... Mandalorian's not even on his list of uh, anything he's ever done. There were press releases about it. So yeah, that that's what I thought. So, so it was somewhat official. Yeah. Yeah. This is bugging the heck out of me so, now. Thanks. Let, let me make a Christopher Lloyd connection. And, and Scruffy, I don't do this to irritate you, but this was something I seriously thought. Oh, good Lord. Yes, he was a Klingon in Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> he, uh, Commander or Captain Kruge in Star Trek Three? I wouldn't have any idea, but okay. He was a commander of the Bird of Prey in Star Trek Three, and he had a pet Klingon dog-looking thing on the bridge with uh-huh. him that died in, in the battle. Yeah, I remember. But those little dragons that they encountered on the way into Mandalore <laughs> reminded me of that damn dog, but it had wings. And if you look at the design of the snouts, you'll see, I mean... Yeah, I can assure you, I'm not rewatching the Star Trek to uh, get yeah. that reference. You know. What and for right. this week's assignment, you're all watching. Oh, <laughs> ouch! Oh, uh, ruthless. Yes, I am. All right, let's wrap up this episode. So uh, they get back to the surface. We know it's going to end at the. That kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Dun dun dun. Um, <laughs> thank you. So, because we know, Boo-hoo. we know we're probably going to see the mythosaur in its full glory next episode so definitely looking forward to the next episode um yeah 
great episodes all together. I mean, just wow for the for the world building, the universe building, the lore building. I mean, we're getting what we finally wanted. We got to Mandalore for the first time, and and they wow. did it much like much like Bad Batch. They did this with very few characters driving the whole story mm -hmm. for this episode. Mm -hmm. So, okay, quick question: Who's gonna be the one to ride the Mythosaur? Bo, Mando, or Baby Yoda? <laughs> Mando. If Boba Fett's got his rancor, man, Din's got to have his mythosaur at a mount. Scruff, where where, where where did we get this that uh, somebody's riding a mythosaur? I well, was thinking the same thing, Brown Leader. I was well, thinking the same thing. That's the legend. the The Mandalore rides the mythosaur. That that they. Been... Uh, I think it's going to be both book time. We've talked about this I don't know how many times. Bo-Katan's going to ride the Mythosaur. All right. Well, for the, uh, just to be the odd man out, I'm going, it's uh, Baby Yoda. With Baby Yoda. Of Baby, course you would. Baby Yoda with the dark saber on the Mythosaur. Of course you would. Now, I think Baby Yoda's going to do something with the Mythosaur like he did with the Rancor. Yes. There is uh, a somebody, really good chance Somebody made of that. that comment uh, yes. earlier, too. Comics and cosmetics on Twitter. Yes, yeah, yes, she, yes. She put and when a, you told me about it, I was like, okay, I can see that happening. Well, totally. Look, he, he did it with the Mudhorn. He did it with the Rancor. Yes. They've been and, building. Oh, I forgot about the Mudhorn. Yeah. So They've been the, building this up. The, the creatures have been getting bigger and bigger So as his power grows. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think that's definitely going to be a key key piece of that um, in that in that arc. But, uh, all right. And I think, honestly, I think the rest of the season is probably going to be, once they establish something, they're going to go about trying to reunite all the Mandalorians. Because there's we have seen shots in the trailers with both Bo and Mando back-talking to the armorer. Uh, back-talking to the armorer. Flying on a planet like Cavella, uh, Calavella, um, being chased by TIE fighters. Mando's flying through the same kind of atmosphere. We've... Uh, they drop the thing about how a lot of the Mandos are scattered with the lost fleet, you know, acting as mercenaries. So I think they're going to try to go back and reunite them and basically just try to make one, <laughs> one big happy Mando family again. But there it is. There it is. Oh, I looked it up for you. Kree's dog from Star Trek three. Looks like the little mini dragons in the caves on Mandalore. It I'll does. give you that. Yes, it does. It does. It does. I said I didn't bring that up to annoy you. I, I it was something that I honestly yes, you did. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yes, yes, you did. Stop trying to pretend you're innocent. I'm not, I'm not going to try to pacify you anymore. Picard season three is awesome. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Um, why you guys waste your time? With that. <laughs> uh, so, collection corner. All right. Collection uh, quarter. I can too quit anytime I want. <laughs> How many comic books did you get this week? Six. <laughs> oh, so you have cut back. Okay. Um, so <laughs> yes, no, yes. Last week I was gone. Uh, I started my twelve-step program uh, because, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you all were informed why I started my twelve program. I got an email from Entertainment Earth saying my order has been shipped, and I forgot I ordered these. But I did order six of the, uh, five of the uh, 40th uh, Return of the Jedi, 40th Anniversary Return of the Jedi 
vintage figures. Oh man, are those the yes. six inch ones? No, no, these the are three, three and three quarter. Oh. Yep. I uh, got the Emperor, Luke Jedi, Biker Scout, and two of the Bosk, uh, the Le Princess Leia Bosk figures. Oh, sweet. So I can pull one out of the package and set it next to the uh, the other Bosch figures in the cabinet. Nice. Uh, six comic books uh, because I did take the dive and bought the uh, the uh, Doctor Afra issue number twenty nine. I now have to go back and collect the other twenty eight as I continue collecting the other the new ones that come out. Stop rolling your eyes at me. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> uh, also ordered uh, some more Funko Pops that were on sale. You guys are... I started my Christmas shopping very early this year. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I ordered a bunch, and some of them are going to YouTube. Right on. I hear a bunch of them are going to uh, a dump, too. Yeah, I saw that. That, that crushes my soul, man. It just crushes my soul. They're going to be right next to those E.T. video games. Don't worry. <laughs> See, uh, I want to go find those. Uh, I want to go find out where they're dumping these Funko Pops. And then there is a rumor over in... Over in... Um, um, somewhere in Europe that uh, one of the manufacturers of vintage Star Wars, I believe it's... Toy, or Pal, or, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, that they took unsold inventory and dumped it. Oh, yeah, that's vintage? what this was. Oh, vintage. Yeah, vintage. So, uh, yeah, so somewhere over there, a rumor has it, nothing's been confirmed, uh, that uh, there's a dump over there filled with Star vintage Star Wars uh, stuff. Now, uh, they did find the E.T. cartridges. Somebody, or I should say somebody found those. The Atari ET cartridges that were done. Hmm. Are we going to need the headpiece to the Staff of Ra to find this? Uh, probably. <laughs> Make sure we get the real one, though, and not the one with one side, so we're yeah, looking in the wrong spot. We're digging in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll just get the comb and comb the desert. <laughs> we, we ain't found, found. shit. <laughs> Uh, anything else? No, not, 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 that's not enough. <laughs> yeah, you I had. Place, to... I, I can place another order. Yeah, two weeks to make up for. So yeah. Uh, I, I, and I can quit, and I can quit anytime I want. Anytime he wants. DB, yes. how about you? Uh, I have nothing new. I have new to me. I was cleaning out a bin, and I found my vintage diecast from seventy-eight to eighty-one. And some of it needs a little cleaning, got some yellowing plastic, but, uh, ooh, the look on Scruffy's face. Tie bomber? I got a tie bomber. Oh. It's not in package. None of my stuff's in package because I got it. But I do have my land speeder that does not have a cracked windshield like most of them. Half of them, I got one without a cracked windshield. Most of my type, most of my, half of my die cast is not in package. I don't care about that so much as I want to complete that set, but I need a tie bomber. And, well, you're uh, hating life, dude. I ain't giving this one up. No, 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 no. I, I, I want. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get one eventually. Uh, it's just a matter of when I'm gonna drop that kind of coin. Yeah, I, um, I remember my parents brought this back from some trip they went on. I want to say they were they were in Canada, so I probably had Canadian packaging somewhere. But 
Um, yeah, I, I put that stuff out for a display, and when I got home Epic. today, I have a pretty good-sized box, and I I have a memory, a vague memory of ordering from a giant retailer the other day when they had a monstrous sale on Star Wars stuff. So mm. um, I have not opened it, and you know it'll be like Christmas when I do. But I, I spent an obscene amount of money on discount Star Wars toys the other day. I'll report on that next week. All right. I I did not add anything this week, so been a dry week for myself. Um, Scruff, any uh, ICC updates? I triple C. I triple C. Oh, right. Let me pull up my uh, my uh, hold that thought. Uh, so uh, we had another uh, hint drop today that they're announcing another. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, for our listeners, there is a tie bomber on my diecast tie bomber on my screen right now, and oh, it is quite beautiful. Wings are pretty good and tight too, but it's got some yellowing, right? right uh, you know that that particular uh, model, uh, that particular uh, diecast had a serious problem with yellowing. Yeah, it is very very hard to find one with no yellowing. Yeah, I might and the, whether it stays with no yellowing is uh, completely uh, unlikely. Um, so we got another hint, uh, regarding, uh, a guest star being announced tomorrow, uh, based on this hint, I have no clue who it is. Uh, it just says our next, uh, 2023 guest announcement drops tomorrow mm-hmm. and the decor in the background is usually, uh, you're able to kind of get some kind of a thought on who it might be. This time I'm completely clueless. Uh, so that's, uh, that's coming tomorrow. Uh, also announced today was uh, our uh, uh, Carly King. She will be joining ICC in 2020. ICC Con in 2023 is uh, our live stream guest host. So pretty excited about that. Uh, Brown Raider knows a lot more about her than I do. I'm stoked that they're doing a live stream because you know that's I know that's a step up from what Celebration's doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, uh, Celebration announced that they will not be doing any live stream, so any news we get out of there is going to be secondhand. And well, they did probably yeah, a day behind. They did alter that a few days ago. They said some they are going to do some live streaming. Oh, are they? Oh, I didn't yeah. hear that. Yeah, it was probably a lot of backlash that they finally had to cave I, on. I would imagine so. What are you talking about? Star Wars cave due to f- fan pressure? Never. I know. I, I was shocking. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you never. Know that's never happened. Before. They would never do that. <coughs> Sequels. And uh... <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, and that uh, I believe is pretty much wraps up our ICC news. ICCC news. And they added Jim Swearinger or announced Jim Swearinger. Oh, Jim Swearinger. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm yep. scrolling through the feed trying to. Yeah. So trying to look for uh, Jim Swearinger is also going to be now. there. Yeah. I got to get a pick with that guy. He was so nice. To absolutely. Mm-hmm. What a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. absolutely. I would like to get an autograph and get a picture with him. All right. We sure. are we are going a little long on this episode. Oh, so wow. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump into the fan favorite segment of the show. Uh, <laughs> I almost I almost was able to do that without cracking a smile. Uh, <laughs> 
DB's Blockbuster. 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 And well, the clock I did not. Yeah. Is started. Okay, this week we reviewed the 1999 classic, The Matrix, which was revolutionary for bullet speed, special effects, and Keanu Reeves actually being able to act. <laughs> um, oh. Hey, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was uh, still his best work by far. Totally but, gnarly. Uh, totally gnarly, dude. Uh, you know, this film just had such a great concept that the world is nothing more than a p- computer program and that uh, machines have taken over the world in a different style than Terminator and feed off of uh, human flesh for their power. Uh, but I, this movie is fantastic. It has Carrie Ann Moss. That's all I need to say. <laughs> oh, it's got Lawrence Fishburne, too. He's all right. He's a good actor. And uh, Hugo Weaving, who's just a badass in this movie. Um, and I like this movie because it doesn't spoon-feed you the details yeah. till about 45 minutes in. You have no well, clue what's a, going on. I'll give you on the bad and the ass uh, description yeah. of the movie, yes. Um, and this movie, uh, the Wachowskis... Definitely out Lucas George Lucas by destroying their franchise with the next two films. <laughs> because this movie was fantastic. What a great concept. Um, and then they, they just blew it. But I just, I, it's so original, so dark. Uh, and, and the special effects that it, uh, it, it created that are still used today. Anybody else have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, th- I think that the what it, you know, I think when you first said it was going to be our assignment, you were talking about another movie, a moment in time, you know, a movie of its time. And this was definitely that. This was the, uh, yeah, it just took movie making. And then all of a sudden, everybody was copying so many things from this movie, bullet speed especially. And, uh, you know, the point I was at in life was the whole look, the whole feel, the whole goth cyberpunk, uh, lots of guns and Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, it worked for me at the time. I loved the movie. And again, I came out of the theater. And the greatest thing about when I saw The Matrix in the theater, I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't watched any trailers. Somebody was like, hey, you want to go see The Matrix? And I'm like, okay poster looks cool let's go science fiction keanu reeves yeah let's go check it out and that was the best way to see it because i just came out i was like because when they unplugged them from the matrix you're like that whole scene i was like wow okay then it got real and yeah i knew nothing about it either when i first saw it and i thought this movie is just incredible and and it has Dracula in the first ten minutes of the film. <laughs> that would be its only redeeming quality. I figured, I, I figured. I figured that would redeem it for you. So come on, absolutely, Rob Zombie. Yeah. absolutely. Uh, you cannot. Uh, you gotta love Dracula, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what there else there is to say. It's definitely a must-watch for sci-fi no. fans. No. Um, no. no, if you've never seen The Matrix, I don't know what rock you're living under, but. Uh, uh, consider yourself lucky. <laughs> now I had did not see the last one and have really oh, no inclination good. to do no. so. Don't, um, don't do it. As for Keanu's best movie, I don't know. Have you seen Knock Knock? Um, 
If you haven't, I'm that's heavily dripped with sarcasm because that is a horrible movie. Um, Very much so. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. No. Um, I didn't mind it honestly. Um, I've, I I have seen it. I had seen it before. Um, I think it was a little overrated. Um, I will give you right. I will give you credit though. It is correct. It is. Uh, it was way ahead of its time. It was very different. It was very unique. And I guess that's one of the things I do appreciate about it. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess. At, I guess at the time, uh, Keanu Reeves still had that uh, had that cheesy uh, cheesy actor. The the things he had done before this kind of uh, kind of kind of ruined Keanu Reeves for me at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. Like what? Bill and Ted's a classic. <laughs> we'll save that for another day. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> we are so saving that for another day. That, fu- that timer's got to be going off now. Please tell me it's uh, going off. Seven more minutes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't watched The Matrix in probably a decade, so I really enjoyed sitting down and watching it again. I'll just oh, say that. Of course that. you did. Well, uh, our... So tell us what our next step, what our next assignment well, is. Well, you know, guys... I, I, give me two. Give me two weeks to uh, do this. You've got two weeks, and and this is not an official assignment. This is an oh, assignment because you admitted you had never seen this film. But we're <laughs> gonna take we're gonna take a spring break because next week we have some special guests on the show. I don't, I don't want to waste time on, on on you know DB's blockbusters. But your assignment is to go watch History of the World Part One. Yes. Because, oh. because okay. History of the yes, World yes. Part Two is now streaming on Hulu. And I want to watch that, but I'm going to go back and watch History of the World Part One. So just for giggles, go back, go and watch it, and you know maybe we can incorporate things into the. Com- it's going to be hard. It's a fairly filthy movie. So yes, it's good. It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. It's good. To be the king. <laughs> it's bucket. <laughs> so, I, I, so I, I cannot wait to watch this. No, and no gotta, sci-fi assignment this week. You have to watch. Make sure to watch. Uh, I don't remember if it plays before the credits or part way through the credits, but they do a uh, trailer for History of the World Part Two, um, and you got to make sure you watch that as well. So, yeah, which never I, came to fruition until this year, and that movie's forty-two years old. So, yep. Oh, okay. All right, mm-hmm. I'm there. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, anything else before we wrap it up, guys? Yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta close this on a sad note, gang. Um, in 1971, there was a movie called Fiddler on the Roof based on the musical. It's an absolutely stunning film, even if you don't like musicals. But it starred a gentleman from Israel named Topol. Oh, yes. And Topol was also Dr. Uh, in... Hans Zarkov. Yes. In Flash Gordon. Oh, yes. In Flash Gordon. Yes. And yep. he passed away yesterday. At, for the day oh, we're no way. Him. He was 87 or 89. Oh, wow. I didn't. I honestly, I didn't realize he was still alive. But come on, yeah, Doctor Zarkov. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently, he had Alzheimer's, and it finally took him. And that's a sad day because you know Flash Gordon will be on our our syllabus sooner yes. or later. So yes, I love Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon's great. But uh, talk about yep. talk about don't the make, ult- don't make me sing the song. Ultimate camp movie. Don't make me sing the song. I think we mm-hmm. started the show that way. Yes, yeah, I've got it. Did. I've got it on tape. Hey, <laughs> sure, I, but, uh, I'm sure I have not heard the last of that. I might have yeah. to copy that out and put it at the end of our outro on this episode. Oh, of course you will. Mm-hmm. But hey, 
a moment of silence for Topol because, you know, he's part of our childhood. Mm-hmm. All right. Wrap All the right. show up, round leader. All right. So uh, the only other thing I was going to mention was that it was hit the interwebs today that they are coming out with a, you know, they did a uh, 40th anniversary of a certain point of view for Empire. So they have released the cover for uh, the 40th anniversary uh, certain point of view book of Return of the Jedi. Oh, so, excellent. Yeah. Cool. So I have not read any. I have not read the other one. Uh, they do. I'm assuming they did one for a new hope. Um, I don't even know, but I'm uh, not sure either. Yeah, so I uh, might have to add that to the reading list at some point. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, just listen to the outro after this and <laughs> stay tuned. We have a, as DB mentioned, we have a special guest next week that we will be kind of taking a slight divergence. Um, and we're going to be getting an introduction into the High Republic, which uh, I've dabbled in a little bit, uh, reading some of the books, but I know uh, the guys are not uh, as familiar with, so. And thanks for listening. If you're still listening after my uh, fabulous singing at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> I'm sure it's still going to be there next week. Uh-huh. So. I honestly did not know we were recording, so I, thank I don't, you for that. You know what? You might have just given us our new intro, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, this is Brown Leader signing off for the crew, and you have been listening to Hyperspace Heroes. That's Flash, no, Flash, moon. no moon. Flash. You suck for me, Flash. Ah. Ah. You suck for putting that in there. Interrupting Pimpatisa, more of the Jaboska, may choose to orbit Hyperspace Heroes podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and most other podcast services. If we are not on your service of choice, let us know. To leave your five-star review, just click on the review button on your podcast service of choice and praise us at the maximum character limit available. To contact the show to comment, ask a question, suggest a conversation topic, or just to tell us how handsome we are, you can send us a DM on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You can also email us at brownsquadron at gmail.com. Star Wars, its characters, shows, movies, books, etc. You get it. Our properties of Lucasfilm and Disney. Hyperspace Heroes podcast has no affiliation with Lucasfilm and Disney, although we would very much like to. Hyperspace Heroes podcast comments and opinions are ours alone and the show is for entertainment purposes only. This is so we cannot be held liable when we say something dumb. If you're still listening at this point, we would like to say thank you for joining us on this exposition into a galaxy far, far away, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you'll share the show with other fans 
and that you'll tune in again for the next episode. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast, The Legend of Brown Squadron. That's no moon! Sorry, he burped.